to another episode of the Cedar Road Podcast. I go by the name of C. I got my bro Isaiah in the building with me. And today we have a very, 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 very special guest. Um, if you've listened to my music in the past, you've heard me shout this individual out. Somebody I grew up with. I hold a lot of respect for and keep him in high regards. Got my bro, Mr. Thomas, a.k.a. T-Lo. What's going on, bro? Hey, what's happening? What's good with you? Pleasure to be here. Cool, Appreciate you hopping on with us. 
Zay, how you feeling, bro? Feeling great, man. Feeling great. Um, you know, new year right around the corner. So just trying to prep for, you know, got new goals, new, you know, new mindsets, you know. So I'm just trying to get ready for that. That's the way to do it. it yeah. Definitely. But real quick, man, before we, you know, get into it, is it me or does it feel like these years are just breezing by <laughs> OD quick? Like we were kids and that, like the year felt long as anything yeah. when we were kids. Yeah. Now it feels yeah, like a year is really like five months. I know for yeah. myself. Oh, my, my bad. Go ahead. Uh, see. No, no, you good. You good. Um, I know for myself, like working with kids and working with like the school district and stuff like that, um, within the school district, it like when we were kids, when that Christmas break, when it hit like November, like after Thanksgiving, that that month went by so slow, right? Like it, meant, yeah. it felt like it felt like it went like it was another year within itself. But like now, I know being older, it just uh, like it feels like it's a week, bro. Like you go get into the the beginning of the school year, and then next thing you know, it's Christmas break. So these years are really like it just it's it's crazy how when we're younger things just were slower like just everything slowed down but now you know since we're older you know a lot of things just go by way too fast way too fast like i went from like 15 to like yeah, 32 exactly. in like in like two weeks right that's what i'm saying like it's crazy <laughs> like, bro, you know like yeah. i mean it's, it's it's wild for real for real but right yeah man we you know we'll get into that but really quick, man, I just want to ask y'all how y'all doing, like, mentally? Everything good? Like, y'all in good headspace? Mm-hmm. Recapping the year? Um, how you guys feel about y'all last year and, and going forward into 2022? Me, personally, I'm just, like, I'm in go mode. So, it's, like, mm. I never really, like, relax. Even when people see me, like, with downtime, I really don't have any downtime. And mm. the way that I feel, like, you know, how the year is going, like, it's it hasn't hit me yet to like kind of reflect on the year. It's just kind of like for real, for real, I'm still like putting in applications for like grad school and different things like that. So I'm like not even focused on recapping yet because that's that's just gonna slow my mental down. It's amazing. Well, congratulations on that too, man. Yeah, it's you know, amazing. Got a graduation coming up. We'll oh, definitely yeah. cover all Thank of you. that in the episode. But um, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's something to be celebrated, especially with um you know, given some of your trials and tribulations that, you know, we'll, we'll discuss. But for sure, man, congratulations are, are in the tall order for you, sir. And um, I appreciate that. Appreciate it's inspiring that. for sure to hear you talk about grad school and things of that nature. You know, super dope, bro. So proud of you, bro, for real. I appreciate that, true. Truly. Well, yeah, man. So let's, yeah, let's get into it, man. So, you know, just want you to, to fill us in on your journey. Um, Obviously, we. I know. I'm not gonna say obviously, but I know part of the journey that I uh, I've been I've witnessed myself and and seen you go through in terms of uh, being somebody who was incarcerated at some point, at one point, excuse me, and uh, made some drastic changes. What was your initially your mindset when you know when you initially went away? Like, how was your how did you get yourself mentally prepared to do the time and also to come out? in a better headspace? Like, what was your main focus going in? My main focus going in, like, my my mental was, I'm a father of a nine-year-old, so mm-hmm. my son, my son King, is always, I want to make sure he's secure first, you know? 
I want to make sure mm-hmm. his, you know, his living arrangements was going to be set up. He had clothes, make sure, you know, the, the family support system was there, you know, to help out if need be. And that was my main focus. And as I was getting that secure, you know, I was managing co- um, managing Les World Records. And also we were, you know, we had released through numerous artists at the same time coming out that year. And this was like back in 2016. So yeah. my focus was, my focus was to stay busy, make sure my family was secure. And for my mental, it was like, this wasn't my first rodeo. This is going to, this was going to be my second incarceration. So I knew that I would have all the time in the world to focus on just me once I'm there. It was setting up the home team to be like, look, this is how you run the website. This is how you run the social media accounts. This is how you book shows, all of that stuff like that. So once all that was out the way, once I knew my son was secure and everything like that, I knew my family would be all right. And I had saved up, you know, some money for like commissary and just already knew what to expect. So once I had secured all of that things, I was like, I'm good. I was mentally in a space where like, I'm prepared to do this. Like, let's go. Do you feel like your, was your mental health impacted by any way? Like, uh, of what course. Was, yeah, I mean, like, but in, in, in what way would you say? Like, what was the most um, difficult thing? Other other than obviously, you know, the, the aspect of, of, you know, not being around your son and, and loved ones. Like, what was the toughest thing that you had to deal with that you don't mind sharing for sure? Oh, yeah. From a mental health aspect, you know, you go through anxiety, depression, PTSD. You go through those things, and that's a natural part of almost, I would like to say, the black male's experience prior prior to incarceration. So while you're going through incarceration, you're still battling those things, and then you're battling different personalities at the same time that are still dealing with mental health on their own, but they don't know how to identify it. They don't know what it is. They just, you know, they're lashing out, they're blacking out, doing different things like that. So, yeah, I had to battle through through all of those. Like, you know, I mean, I, I, I was opposed to therapy for a long time. And I think that's something that the Black community um, really needs more of. Definitely. Is addre- addressing their mental health issues. I don't care if you're the, the worst gangster or if you're the bookworm. You need to address, you know, the things that are going on because a lot of us are dealing with pain, uh, hurt, loss, uh, tragedy on a daily basis. It's not just, oh, I I, I lost an elder in my family. No, it's I'm losing friends. I'm losing loved ones. I'm losing relatives. And and it's like, we don't talk about it. We just go to the funeral, put somebody in the shirt and keep pushing it. So during that time, it's like, yeah, I definitely went through, you know, different mental health um, situations where I did need to, you know, see therapy or seek therapy. Afterwards, it was a more conscious decision within myself because if I'm not good, then how can I be good for my child? Yeah. Or how can I teach them the way Dude. rather than I- ignore my problems and then yeah, that's tell him to... It, yeah, like, I can't... I gotta lead by example. I can't... Mm-hmm be sitting here projecting my generational curses on him. True. So that's so that's why I made that decision. That's deep. Were there were there uh, this is my this is my last question for a minute before I'll I'll let Zay hop in for real. Mm-hmm. But um 
Were there okay. speaking on mental health? Were there like in therapy? Were there resources inside for you, or do you just have to keep to yourself? Like, are there when you're inside? Are there resources? Are there people you can speak to in the prison system, like that you trust or can just vent to? Like, is there is that aspect even available to people to to inmates? It's a great question. I was I would say they 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 offer it, but it's not really what you want to do at that time. And I say okay. that because I, I say that because when you're in that system, you basically have no rights. Anything that you say, they say it will be confidential, but it always leaks out. You yeah. got if, if so I never trusted any type of, you know, counsels, counselors. There was nobody I, I could, you know, trust as far as like workers there or something like that that I could vent to. I, I'm one of those people. I'm not going to vent. I'm not about to do none of that stuff. I'll handle what I got to handle now. And then later on, if I feel I need to address these issues, that's what I was going to do. And that, that was my approach because we live in a society where it's like trust nobody type of mentality. And yeah. I've seen pl- plenty of times, you know, people would in within the um, prison system, people, inmates would go and vent to a counselor or vent to a CO and then you see them getting somebody else put in lockup or you see their business being displayed talked about through other CEOs and you're sitting there like I'm like you almost look like a fool you're sitting there like why would you tell these people all this information about yourself knowing that they're going to use it as leverage for you so it's that's one of the biggest complexes that they the, the prison industrial complex has is because they say they offer mental health services or therapy or counseling, but it's really not for you. Mm-hmm. It's really for their intel. Just to say they're doing it and keep, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. That's crazy, man. Yeah, I can I can never even imagine that. Obviously, you know, knock on wood, God forbid I'm ever in that position and um Salute to y'all yeah. who have been through it and, and come out better on the other side for sure. I kind of always tell some of my friends here that uh, out of the, you know the small circle that I have in Jersey, you know, obviously means they you know linked up in Seattle, but the, the small circle I have in Jersey, my direct friends, I'm one of the few that's never been incarcerated. You know, so yeah, dealing with that's that a, that's a blessing. from afar, it's a blessing for sure. But it's like, you know, I'm not removed from it because I think about y'all on a regular basis. You know, and in your well being and just trying to be there. And I, I can honestly attest to this. I mean, you can confirm it as well, but mm-hmm. I feel like you and I, you were not communicated on a regular basis when you were, when you were, you know, like, you know, behind, away. behind, yeah. the, behind that wall. So in a way, and um, you definitely helped. I mean, you know, you have a voice memo and see the world from, from behind the wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know I mean, so. It, and, it, and the thing is, it's like when, when somebody gets incarcerated, like their families are affected, their friends are affected, the community is affected. And I wouldn't, and a lot of people, you know, some people pray on other people's downfalls and stuff like that, but I wouldn't even wish one of my worst enemies to have to go through that for the simple fact of all the people that are around them that are innocent, ain't did nothing to nobody or anything like that, that are going to be affected by it. Because these people have kids, they have families, they have friends that, you know, are going to have to make those sacrifices to pick up those phone calls and all of that. So I want to thank you personally for everything that you've done while I was away, because, you know, those those are the type of things that give you give a person an outlet to to keep moving forward. 
So, definitely appreciate that. No question, man. No, for sure, bro. I mean, you know, obviously, when you you have certain people that come into your life and play a major role, they become family. So, Mm both of y'all on this call, you know, are are family to me. So, that goes without saying. It's it's my duty. I know that if if the roles were reversed or the shoe was on the other foot, the same would be done from y'all. So, oh, yeah, definitely. You know, that's it, man. Peace. A lot to take in, bro. I didn't even you didn't expect all that. <laughs> you didn't expect all that. Man, that's crazy. Um when uh I got a question for you. Mm-hmm. So when when you're behind behind uh when you're incarcerated or whatnot, what what made you come to the realization that you needed to go back and get your education. Cause I feel like that's a big step. Like if you're, you know what I'm saying? Like that's a real, that's a huge move, you know, that a lot of people, it kind of, you know, doesn't really dawn on them that they, they, they need to go back to school or, or whatnot. So what made you really like, yeah, okay, I'm about to go get my degree and make a, make a, a way for myself in that regard. Well, education has always been like a push that, you know, my family has always, you know, pushed, but they, they haven't, like, it wasn't pressured on. It wasn't like you have to do this. It was like, mm-hmm. you have many different options. You could pick a trade. You could pick, you know, technical school, or you could pick, you know, formal education as far as, like, uh, college or GD programs or something like that. And uh, so one thing that a lot of people don't under- don't really know about me is that when I graduated from high school, that same day, my father graduated from night school getting his GED. Oh, wow. So, crazy. That is yeah. crazy. Yeah, shout so, you know, too, different. Oh, yeah, definitely. Shout out to shout out to my pops because uh, he, he has a story of his own, you know, that he has mm-hmm. to overcome a lot of things. But when I, when I think about, you know, my high school graduation, all I think about is, you know, my high school graduation, I got to, we had to hustle up and go to New Brunswick for his night school graduation. So education, education is something I always, you know, wanted for myself, because when I look at the father son aspect of it, it's like, we as black males don't, don't encourage enough formal education. It's like, all right, well, you're going to go to school, you're going to work. But it's like, what are your interests? What are your true interests in life are? You know, I went to an HBCU for one year, got into some trouble up there um, off campus, but I already knew, like, once I came back to Jersey, like, my life was going to probably, jail was actually probably going to be looking me in the face. And that's exactly what happened about a year later. Uh, you know, I caught my first gun charge. And from there, it was just like, I was always, you know, living a lifestyle of, in the streets, but I still had a, a, a stable head on my mind. You know, mm-hmm. I, had, I had a head that was focused, but in this life, you have to make certain choices, you know, due to certain situations that you may be involved in. And it's not like it's something that you're totally opposed because you always look for the greater good in things. So right. education this time around, I wanted to take it more serious on this second bit because like I say, my son, is somebody is, is my main motivation. Mm-hmm. If I'm not, if I, if I can't do good, then how can I tell, can, how can I teach him anything? Right. Because, I, because I could have came home 
three and a half years later, and he looking at me like, oh, you just went to jail. Like, you you ain't nothing. You ain't shit type shit. You feel me? But, <laughs> you, and, that happens but on a reality, regular basis for sure. But th- that's the reality of what people go through that, are, that have been incarcerated. Because once a child makes up their mind, they're not they're not infants no more. They're not two years, three years old. Once they're like seven, eight, nine years old, they're looking at you a whole different type of way. Right. Yeah. And then and they're and they're looking at the images on TV and saying, "Oh, well, my dad does that." Or they look at music videos and be like, "Oh, yeah, my dad got locked up for this," and "Oh, he just like that guy." And then they see that rapper get arrested and get sent away and this and like, is that what I have planned for me in my life? You know. When when they look at their black figures and identify and try to relate to them, it's like mm-hmm. when we were growing up, it was all Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan. It may be Le- LeBron James, but a lot of people are looking at these entertainers and these entertainers are getting arrested like a lot. Yeah, left like, and right. Yeah, left and right. Yeah, so so education was and also education. I was bored too. You know, mm. we use the prison system. There's not too many. There's right. not too many options or outlets. You can lift weights all day. You can, you, you know, you can, <laughs> you can talk shit with your homeboys. Right. But then it's like after after a while, it's like, man, what the fuck else am I gonna do with my life? So, I just looked at it as like, you know what, I might as well do something. Like, sign me up. Mm. And that's that's the approach I took. It signed me up, and then I was like, whoa, I can if I can do this in a halfway house. I can get extra time out the building and actually be, you know, get access to things I actually could work on building right. or whatever. So, so I took advantage of those opportunities and I, I did a lot of things I wasn't supposed to, but I made sure that I was productive, a part of, you know, being counterproductive. Like everybody would look at him like, Oh, I got computer access. I'm going on Facebook, Instagram. Oh, I'm doing this. <laughs> I look at it so much. <laughs> I look at it so much more. I'm like, I'm like, I can start repairing my credit. I can start, I can start saving. I can right. start, you know, taking these classes online. I can start applying for, you know, different types of grants or loans or scholarships. I'm looking at it like that. I'm like, I have every, when society looks for like funding or something like that, they're looking to the, the disadvantage. And mm-hmm. obviously I'm disadvantaged. I'm incarcerated. So I looked at it as opportunity. I started reading um books, um, a, a book that actually kind of changed my life was um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Mm. And it, it was right, given to me by right one now. Day. Yeah, it was uh, Seven Habits, seven of, habits highly of Highly people. Effective People. Okay, cool. Yes. Write that down. And it was given to me by an older inmate, and they, they said, you know, a lot of guys in here you know, ain't really beat for reading stuff like this or whatever. I was like, look, let me read it because, you know, I got free time anyway at night. I'm a night owl. I stay up all night. Everybody else sleep. I'm up. Right. So I'm like, you know what? You and me both. <laughs> Yo, the grind don't stop. So I just look, I, I approach everything like it's a grind. So I'm like, you know what? If you do something long enough, if you throw shit at a wall long enough, something going to stick. So all right, right. I was just true. like, so I was like, let me let me read this. And then I was like, you know what? Not not let me just read it. Let me start applying it to little situations in my life. Mm-hmm. So education actually did a whole lot for me because I didn't read like that when I was on the street. So I didn't, you know, really care for anything outside of if it was if it wasn't family or music or my own self-interest. Like I wasn't really like 
entertaining it. But in a weird way, this kind of brought everything all together and brought more things into perspective into my life. So, yeah, I do uh, credit that book and then a couple other, you know, the good book. And I don't mm-hmm. know if anybody, you know, everybody has a higher power, you know. Right. My, I'm not religious, but I do believe in, uh, you know, a higher yeah, power. Yeah, that's how I am too. Centering, yeah. And centering yourself and, you know, just having some type of connection on your own. So without getting too much into that, like, yeah, you know, those are the things that like kind of guided me along the way. Right. So that's why education was a no brainer. It was just one of those things like it would get me some extra time out. I could use my resources. So when I come back, I'm better equipped. People are going to look at, you know, people look at like, oh, I'll just wait till I go home and try to start from scratch. Like it don't work like that. Mm -hmm. You got to start making moves when you know you bought like a year or two short and you're like, all right, by the time I do this, like, it's the small things. Mm-hmm. I, was, I wasn't I was afraid to do the small things, the the things that everybody else ignored. I wasn't afraid to do that. So, right. To answer your question, in a nutshell, that's that's just what it is, what it was. Yeah, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, salute, bro. Salute. Um, I got something probably a little off the wall, but it relates, it pertains to this aspect of uh, of our communities and our society, for sure. Obviously, you know the term recid- recidivism, right? That's how you say it? Recidivism? The yeah. Yes, recidivism go- rate. Mm-hmm. Go- recidivism rate, going back, you know, <laughs> to being incarcerated once you get out. So, being that you've been home going on three, going on, three, going on four years, right? Soon? Or is it two going on three? I, I only, only been home for two years and four months. Okay, so two going on three. You, you mm-hmm. came on twenty nineteen. You're right, twenty nineteen. So, um, mm. with that being said, is there anything that you miss about being behind the wall? Um, only asking because with the recidivism rate only- of people struggling mm-hmm. to adapt to the to the free world and. You hear a lot of people saying they're, they're more comfortable behind the wall than they are in general society. Like, is there anything of your time incarcerated that you miss that you don't have now or that's altered now? I would say, and that's a great question because I would say um, some personalities because when you're behind the wall, everything is stripped away as far as like personas, right? You can mm-hmm. you can recreate yourself in prison, but it's not gonna last for too long if you're if you're faking it. You know, when you get the persona of somebody at their rawest, at their most vulnerable, you know, at their like, damn, I ain't got no family support, I ain't got this support or whatever, they start to tap into their inner selves and understand who they are as a person or people. And they start thinking like, damn, I wanna make these changes in my life. I wanna, you know, pursue education or I want this type of job and you know, how do I go about that? Uh, the only thing I would say I miss is those conversations that would help motivate people or motivate the people around me because I've met people that opposed everything that I was doing and then months down the line, they're like, yo, I really see you on your stuff. Like, that's helping me to, like, go back and try to sign up for these GED classes so I can kind of finish, you know, doing what I'm doing. I got plenty of homies that we're going through that. They didn't have no, and I'm sitting there talking to them like, yo, cuz, like, what you going to do when you get out? Like, you, you need at least a high school diploma if you want 
better for yourself for some type of job. Yeah, you can sign up for all of these, you know, different CDL programs and stuff like that. But a lot of them are asking for your high school diploma at least. At least, yeah. So, so when so when I had those conversations with people and stuff like that, that that those genuine conversations, not all of the fake. Oh, I was doing this and I did this many crimes and I made this <laughs> amount of money and I got this amount, this many girls and I did. Like, <laughs> yeah. Once you get once you once you get past all of that, because ain't nothing new under the sun. It's like if you were living that lifestyle, okay, cool. But what else you gonna do? What what substance does your life have beyond chasing women, chasing other people's money? Because a lot of times it wasn't their own, and 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 con- confessing or exaggerating crimes that you may or may have not committed. Like that doesn't; those types of things never impressed me. Like if you're gonna be a person, be a person. Be be somebody who's not afraid to fall and not afraid to climb back up. So that was like if I had to miss anything about the whole thing, it'll be those genuine conversations when people were actually trying to change their lives for the better. That's super dope. Mm, yes, that's, that's deep. Dope. Super dope perspective for sure. Always, always was mm. curious about that because I've had conversations with some people who, you know, just can't seem to shake that that stigma of going back in off of them, and it's like, what, what in their psyche or their makeup? kind of drives them to just keep going back you know for me like that's I don't, I don't you know obviously you, you can never say never and you don't know your resolve until you're put in that situation because it's really sink or swim but for me personally like I you know how I was brought up and being around y'all coming up I just don't think that I could even you know spend a day in there you know what I mean I, I'm, I'm sure of course if I was put in that position I would have to but I don't even want my mind to even you know go down that path for real. I was like, you know, my, my biggest thing was like, at the end of the day, I, I, I want to thank y'all as well too because when shit was going down, y'all kind of mm-hmm. isolated me as well and kept me away from a lot of the, the you know, the stuff that was going on, the doings on, and kept me on the straight mm-hmm. and narrow as much as y'all could have. And definitely appreciate y'all for that yeah. as well. I, I, I think there's, and yeah, no doubt, definitely, you know, we try to, keep you away from a lot of a lot of different things or whatever stuff like that but i think there's a deeper conversation that needs to be had and it's that nobody in their right mind desires to go to prison <laughs> you know it's just every everybody everybody's one bad decision away from ending up there and there have been many of people who haven't done anything at all in life and got accused and had to suffer the consequences and then 40 years down the line oh, their decision was reversed and all of that other stuff that goes on with appeals. But it's like, we have to get away from the mentality of thinking that this person wants to go to jail or he wants to go back to jail or he must love prison because he keeps going back. Like nobody in their right mind is thinking like that. Everybody may not be educated in their decision making, you know, because we all make bad choices. It's just some people get caught from them, some people don't. So the deeper conversation and all of that is how do we make better decisions as a people when we know that trouble may be be lurking around the corner or how do we prevent our friends from making, you know, wrong decisions? Because 
it goes even further than that about guidance. Everybody says that things start in the home, start in their community. And if you're lacking in a parent, or even if you have two parents, but you're being undermined, or they're not really worried about you because they're trying to get into a, a better economic position because they're working all the time. Who's teaching you to make the right decisions? Nobody. Yeah, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people, a lot of people blame it on, oh, I grew up in a single uh, household. No, that may be true. It may be the source of your particular trauma. But if somebody has two parents, what is their excuse? Everybody on the outside of society looks like, oh, you had the greatest opportunity. You had two parents or whatever, but you don't know their struggles for real. You don't know what they've been through. You don't know that they had to work like a dog. Like I said early in this conversation, my father got his GED when I got my, my high school diploma. Yeah, but I grew up in a two-parent household. You think his struggles wasn't working for minimum wage and different things like that? <laughs> like People have to understand that societal issues are deeper than what the surface presents you can see somebody getting locked up all the time be like oh he just he just a knucklehead you don't know what his his home life is like you don't know what her home life is like and you got to be able to identify those types of things as you mature as you mature and you get older you start to say oh this may be a cause of that or they didn't speak about these issues that they had growing up or they may have went through a traumatic situation in their adulthood and then they turned into a life of of just bad choices. I'm not going to say a life of crime. I'm just going to say a, a, a life of bad choices, or it may be a series of bad choices that ended them up here. That's a that's, that's a great that's a big... great way to 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 change that narrative for real for real. Because no, not not to cut you off, and I just want to throw this point out there. No, no, real, that's fine. Going, you know, dealing with you and 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 being close to you, it's kind of like you know me coming from an African background. You know, where like when people think of, of prison in an African household, they just automatically think the worst. You're just like the worst type of individual. And like mm -hmm. me having certain friends, you know, yourself, my, you know, another one of my best friends, obviously, Bo and Yatu being very close to me kind of altered that perspective for people that are in my family. You know what I mean? Because any coming up, like you hear about somebody went to prison, like you just automatically think the worst, like, they pinpoint like people and, and make them seem to be like just like the worst type of people. But then like mm -hmm. I can I can counter that now with like, well, yeah, one of my best friends did this time, but he just graduated and he's about to go to grad school. Like he's doing this, he's doing that. He's a father, he's you know, obviously raising a son. Like we can we're about to transition to that, but like I can counter with those mm -hmm. points. So now it like changes the total narrative and the opinion that's based off of just you know, the, what you think when you hear about somebody who's been in prison, like you think of the worst type of human being imaginable. But then when mm -hmm. we speak to you, when you encounter people, you're well-spoken, you're a stand-up person, you know what I mean? So it's like people start to question now, like, you know, how, like, how does this person end up here? But like you just put it into perspective, great perspective is that you can never, like, really understand what somebody's going through until you really walk through the, in their shoes and actually know what they're dealing with at home you know you mentioned your father mm -hmm. getting the ged same day as your high school graduation like my mom worked minimum wage below minimum wage for years and she was a highly you know you know like educated individual i can't say she was she is a mm -hmm. highly educated individual and she was working a bunch of odd jobs for a long time just because of certain you know uh situations in life that forced her to be in that situation so um 
you know, just to gain that clarity and get that insight from somebody who's actually been through the system, I think is, is highly invaluable. And it's the main reason why we wanted to do this pod for real, just, just to pull from different areas in life and, and different understanding for people to get a general perspective from all angles and, you know, never cast judgment on anybody because you really never know what that person's endured. And you couldn't imagine half of the battles that they, they, they fought before you, uh, you and, cast a judgment on somebody. And I, I want to highlight that word judgment because a lot of people in our society are so busy judging others for disinformation. They don't have all the facts, but they judge others based on one or two things they, they, they hear or they may have seen things the wrong way and maybe like, oh, well, they do this or this person's only about that. And you'd be like, how are you going to judge me in a couple of words when you don't even know me? Uh, and that's and and we face that as a society going against judges. Uh, judges don't know us. They don't, they only read a couple of lines off the paper. They read your infraction and then they say you're a minister of society. You'll never be nothing in life. And you're sitting here like you're going home to go to sleep with your family and stuff like that. But you don't even know me. I'm just another docket number to you. So. That, that judgment that we place on our brothers and sisters in society is a lot of times it's wrong because I look at my own life and then I say, I can't judge nobody because it, reading off a fact sheet, if somebody was to look at my life and say, hey, this guy got two, two, two um, felony convictions. I know he's in a gang. I know that he did this to this person because that's my cousin. That's my uncle. That's my, you know, and it'd be like, is so much deeper when you really dig beyond the surface and it's like we have to as a society stop judging others because there's a lot of things that we probably don't talk about in our personal lives that we did that we're ashamed of that we never would want to bring to the light but we still put on this front every day with a smile on our face and be like hey oh what you heard about such and such and then we just jump right into that <laughs> like I, I i i i really fall back from a lot of all of that stuff because I can say, I can admit it I was I, like years ago, I, I, fe I fell into that category because growing up, we think that that's the thing to do you know so I fall back from a lot of judgment like I don't do a lot of interviews either because you know, people, people will try to fish out you know, situations about other, I don't comment on another man, I don't comment on another woman because I don't know the battles that they face, I have my own problems and I have my own societal situations that I, I'm trying to overcome because when I do get accepted into certain institutions, like at, let's say like a collegiate, collegiate institution or like grad school, they're looking at me the same way as society is looking at me. I still have to fill out, have you ever been convicted of a crime? Mm -hmm. And then I can have all these great accolades, but then when, it's, when I have to fill out that box, that could be my decision maker right there. Damn. So judgment is something that I have really practiced on removing from my personal life because every time that I have to fill out something of that magnitude, it, it humbles me. It brings me back to thinking about all the different things. And, and I really want to say on the application, um, so much more. <laughs> mm. Mm. You feel me? And anybody that's been incarcerated, they go through that feeling. They may not be vocal about it, but they've had that, they've had that thought in their head, like, dang, I got to fill this out, but they don't even know me for real, or 
that was so many years ago or man that crime didn't even happen this way but nobody wants to hear the explanation unless they're really sensitive to these types of issues Scar- it's a scarlet letter yeah. once you're branded it's like you can't get that off of you yeah. they're for life <laughs> yep. they're for life that's, that's, nah, that's, that's man but um one of the one of the things I admire the most about you, for real, is um, and and Zay, you as well, going through this journey. You guys are both fathers now. Congrats, Zay, once again. Baby, thank you, baby thank Mila. you, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. So um, you know that's that's definitely for me the the next transition in life for sure. Um, once I get to that point, I definitely think that's the mm-hmm. next uh, transition for me. But um, in time, you're a single father who mm-hmm. pretty much you have you have custody of your son. Uh, so yeah, we have. Oh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, nah, obviously, I, I, I know, I know that you, you know your son obviously stays with his mother as well on on breaks, but he's going to he's living with you and going to school in your area in Jersey. So, mm-hmm. how was that? Because I know that's you know that's a battle in itself with the court systems, and obviously, given you know your 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 background, that could be something that would have been nearly impossible for you to achieve. So, how did you even? Like, how did that even come about? Because that's not even something I've ever even heard of, in my opinion, is, you know, somebody who's been in the system and comes home and, you know, they have pretty much custody of their, of their, of their child. And that's that's super dope to me, that that aspect mm-hmm. of you as a, as, your, as, a, as a person. Well, that situation came about um, but a little bit before I even went away. Um we, you know, we went through the court process. I have nothing bad to say about her, you know, either, even to this day. Um, we went through our things, but that's, you know, our private issues. But I have nothing bad to say about it. We um, decided to do joint custody, you know, while I was, before I was away. And, you know, we came up with an agreement. Like, look, you're moving out of state. You do this. You take care of him. You know, I'll make sure that, you know, my family is supported in, in any type of way. And you know, we'll revisit this when I come home. And, but, I, but like I say, you can't wait until you come home to start making certain changes. Like, you know, anybody can give empty promises like, Oh, when I come home, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. But I really had to stand by my word because if I, it, me knowing mentally, if I go into the courtroom, just freshly out of incarceration, I have every odds. I have all the odds placed against me as far as, if I really wanted to pursue, oh, I'm fighting for sole custody or anything like that. Luckily, in our situation, through a lot of talks and a lot of just, hey, look, I got to respect your position as a mother. I just ask that you respect my position as a father. And we had to work it out through that. And luckily, we didn't have to, you know, fight, you know, crazy court battles and stuff like that. Because when you stand by your word as a man and as a woman, like, look, I'm going to take care of this child this um, for this amount of time. And you like, we worked it out. It was like, look, I knew that I had to, for one, I'm recently incarcerated. Right. And I have to have a place to stay. I have to have accommodations for him. Also. Like when I first came home, I was in a rooming house. Like, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't move him in a rooming house with me. And a lot, a lot of people don't know that, but like, I don't, I'm not ashamed of my, where I had to go to get to where I'm at because everything's a process. 
I knew that while I was in that rooming house, I had to take advantage of the low rent and I had to take advantage of saving and doing all of that stuff so I can afford an apartment to where he can have his own room. And if in and if case ever, you know, if shit ever hit the fan and they start looking into, okay, well, we need to look into all aspects of your life. Do you have a, a home in your name? Do you have a space for him? Are you able to get him to school back and forth? So I had to start from scratch. I, I started from the room and house. Then I said, all right, I need a car. I need a mode of transportation because me personally, I was tired of walking, but I'm tired of Ubers and walking and all that. Let me get a mode of transportation. Let me sign. Let me, you know, get this apartment. And then once I did that and was showing his mother, like, look, I'm taking these progressive steps and I'm not taking long to do it. Like I did that in nine months. Sheesh. Like, like I worked full time. I went to school at night for full time. And, you know, I, I, and I saved my money and I was able to save my money, but people always look at things as impossible to do. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, can't pride plays a big part because a lot of people won't look into, Oh, um, moving to this one bedroom efficiency where you got to share a kitchen, you got to share a bathroom with other people and all I say, you know what? I'm putting my pride to the side. My son is my ultimate goal. Let me take the steps I got to take right now and not play around with it. So I literally was saving every dollar and saving, doing this and, you know, not really going out too much. Like I I would have, you know, fun, you know, with less roll and stuff like that every now and then. But people didn't really see me like that. Mm. Like it wasn't like I was full throttle back into the scene. And that's not for, you know, any disregard for anybody like oh i was just purposely you know i don't want to support no i have to be able to support myself before i can support anybody else and my son needed my full utmost support as my main goal so that's just how i accomplished it or i i tackled it everybody's situation is different you know some people have harder you know um child custody situations and you know i say that the best way to get through that is humble communication Take back your temper, take back, you know, certain associations with people that are just going to be counterproductive to your life or to your child's life and really focus in on it. Like it's because when you go to jail, it's just you. Right. right. (laughs) So ain't nobody else coming with you. It's just you. So it's just like when you know that it's just you, when you come out and you have that mentality like, yo, it's just me. And what is my goal to get my son or my daughter? So my goal was I need to be able to get my son because there's things I need to teach him as a man that he needs to see or be exposed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's just um, that's just was my approach and my mentality. And we worked it out. And, you know, communication always wasn't easy, but I had to humbly not raise my voice, not, you know, dis- disrespect her and anything because she does deserve the utmost respect because not for nothing, I went away and she had to deal with him every single day. Hmm. Regardless yeah, of... Shout out, shout out know, to her. I, for, for real, shout yeah, out to her. Like, I'll give her a shout out because, I mean, it, it takes a lot for somebody to have to take on all of that at one time. Because, yeah, you know, to not have that support system, I don't care if your child's mother or your child's father is your worst enemy and you hate their guts at the end of the day that child is still going to grow up and what is their opinion going to be of you at the end of the day i never wanted my son to have a negative opinion about me i never wanted him to be like 
oh, you said you were away at college while I was really in prison. I had to correct that early on. Like, look, this is where I'm at. This is the reality. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to keep it 100 with you. And mm. I feel like over time, I've earned his respect. And if I haven't yet, I am or will one day. I can't just assume that, you know, a child is just going to respect you off rip. Like, no, you have to show and prove. They have to see you struggle, see you overcome things to really be like, dang, yo, their fight was really like crazy just so I can have a chance in society. And that was my approach. Wow. That's very, very, very useful, man. Jeez. That's useful. Very useful. Shout out to King, yeah. man. That's a, that's a little homie. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's my heart right there. Oh, man. I feel like your experiences draw a, a big parallel to mine. Obviously, mine is not as extreme in any capacity or any shape, way, shape, or form. But um, just the aspect of being isolated. You know, I came here four and a half years ago um, by myself. Mm -hmm. Didn't know what to expect. But I feel like that isolation and not being in that environment of, like you said, people who are counterproductive. Um, I, I can pick and choose who I want to communicate with. Um, you know, obviously you two are, are people that I pretty much talk to every day in, in one mm -hmm. way or another. So me being here, me being so far away, you know, it's, it's kind of like, I, I don't want to be disrespectful and say it's kind of like, you know, being behind the wall, but just the mentality and the mindset of it's only me, like my success, my journey here depends on where my, my, my mental space is and my approach to every single day, how I tackle each day. Um, but people see you me never here. have to downplay. Oh, ahead, it, no, no, you never have to downplay because it's very relatable. Because it's the mental incarceration that you have to, um, the battles that you have to overcome. Like people yeah. understand, like when you're separated from family, friends, you have to learn a new language. You have to adapt to society, their rules and regulations. That's mental incarceration. And not for nothing, Very like, true. I commend you for even taking that leap to even do that, to even help those kids within your community by teaching them basketball, you know, the sport of basketball, being sincere with them, speaking to their families and doing all that while you're separated from your own and your friends and your support system. It's like you have to adapt and change to a whole new support system. And I commend you for that because it's very relatable to the physical incarceration um, experience. Yeah, no, that's true. That's very true. Very true. I just, I feel like uh, the amount of growth that I've I've undergone and hopefully I continue to grow and and be and be given the opportunity to grow for sure from from you know, the powers that be. But um, I feel like this move, if it hadn't been done, I wouldn't be in the mental space or as mature and well-rounded as I've become. I don't think I would be that person if I would have stayed stateside. And, um, you know, just the, just the focus. You know, obviously us three, different backgrounds, you know, similar backgrounds as well, but um, just the mental focus that I know that you two possess, and I'm inspired by both of you guys sincerely. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it's, 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 it's cool. It's cool. It's tough because, like, a lot of people here, that I encountered that I'm I'm cool with um, can't really fathom the types of battles that I deal with. Um, 
obviously getting phone calls of losing loved ones and friends and I'm not able to attend mm-hmm. any memorials, mm-hmm. any funerals. I'm not able to come back. I'm not able to be around and, and watch my nephews continue to grow and become smarter. And, you know, obviously parents getting older, my mom's getting older, you know, I'm, I, there's a lot of time, you know, time is the only resource in life that you can't get back. You know, you can get anything back. You can make money. You can lose money. You can make money. You can lose clothes. You can get new clothes. You can, you know, lose some food and whatever. But time, you'll never get back. So time is very it's something that should be cherished. And, um, you know, it's tough. So it's tough. But, you know, I appreciate both of you guys keeping me on the, on the up and up on a regular basis um, as much as I'm isolated and away from a lot of things back home that, uh, that I hold dear. So. Hey, look, that's that, that's what the community effort is. It's yeah. uh, positive energy, you know, motivation, affirmations. That's what that's what we need to do more of as a community, even without even knowing someone. Preach. You know, yeah. I don't know Isaiah as well, but, you know, I commend you for overcoming your personal battles because being a parent is isn't easy. Oh, man. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, I appreciate that. And and. and being a, a a black male in society isn't easy. So regardless yeah. of what's not spoken on, I commend you for your small battles to even your big accomplishments because you've overcome struggles as a man. Period. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I know coming um, a new father, man, like, you know, I, I, to be honest, being 32, you know, I thought, you know, my time, like that time frame of my life was kind of over. So like having a kid now, or whatnot, I thought that it was going to be me being more mature, you know what I'm saying? Or like mature, like in a standpoint of like my thirties, I thought it was going to be like a lot, like easier to balance a kid and then have, you know what I'm saying? With your personal stuff. And, you know, I'm still trying to accomplish goals as well, but it's just, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough thing. That's why I tell Cyril, man, like take your time with it. You know what I'm saying? Cause like Mm. at the end of the day, man, take your time. Cause, um, a lot of things shift. A lot of things shift when once you have that, you know, responsibility. You know what I mean? Like a lot of things that you're, you know, you're doing or you're trying to figure out, you know, you got to have them in mind, you know. So if you're going to, you know, go do something, you got to always have your, your child in mind. So, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's been a, it's an amazing, it's an amazing thing. But at the end of the day, like it, it's a it's a real it's a real thing. You know, so just, you know, I, I appreciate you saying that. And, um, you know, the journey is a, it's a journey, but definitely trying to trying to figure out how to be the best father possible. So and and just credit credit you, you know, listening to your story today. You know what I'm saying? Just, you know, made me want to be that much more of a better father as well, because what you're doing is just it's amazing, especially being a, a black man. It's something that we, me and Cyril could definitely look up to, you know, and, and be like, you know, all the, all the um, tri- tribulations and all that, you know, and you're fighting through them and you're doing what you're doing for your son. is It's an amazing story. So I definitely have the, the utmost respect for, for what you're doing, for sure. Appreciate that. I appreciate yeah. that wholeheartedly. Uh, I'm, I don't know, man. I'm, I mean, 33 <laughs> around the corner. 33 around the corner, Bro. man. I'm, yeah, yeah, but you can't put it to you can't put a time stamp on it. Let it happen at all. Time. Yeah. <laughs> at all. I might yeah. just become a sperm donor. 
Hey, people, people pick that up. If you make it to the league, man, what's up, son? Hey, look, that happens too. Yeah, yo. <laughs> oh man, cross that bridge when you get there. Oh, oh, I got a, I got a question for T. Ben, I got a question for being being a father from a bot from a father uh, standpoint. How? Because obviously, with with you going to grad school, that's going to take up a lot of time, you know, with with mm-hmm. studies and all that. Like, how do you kind of put in order like your time? Like, because you obviously got to you got to have time for your son, but you also have to, you know, you have a responsibility to yourself to to finish out grad school as well. Like, how what does that look like? Like, what like how do you? Um, what's the word I'm trying to? How do you use your time to the most effective? for yourself well what I didn't realize when I first came home was time management I wasn't great at time management I'm yeah I'm terrible I'm a terrible at time management to be honest yeah see working full-time and going to school full-time forced me to have better time management because Mm. when when I was before he actually came back um, with me before I got the apartment I every day I was thinking like how am I going to fit this like it it seems almost crazy but it's like how am I going to slow down a little bit to make sure that he's good or whatever stuff like that right. like because I was taking classes in person right. and then I said you know what I'm going to have to change the online courses for most of my schedule there was some classes that was still in person but once he was here it was like I got to change some of my classes around to online because right. He's gonna need that time from after the time after I get off of work until you know I got my class starts for you know an hour or two, and then I gotta give more dedicate more time back to him. Mm-hmm. And I'm and and weekends don't overlook the weekends. Mm-hmm. Weekends, if I had to get up eight o'clock in the morning, like yo, let's go out, let's do something fun. That's what we did. Right. You know, like I was always able to incorporate some things you know in his personal life or you know my nephews or my girlfriend and her you know her child it was right. always around like if i'm a i'm a history minor if i gotta mm-hmm. go to the museum and i gotta do something for a paper all right we all going oh, to the museum the that's just what we <laughs> that's yeah that's dope we gotta do yeah <laughs> you know dope. or yeah. it if if i need content from like you know a pop-up shop or if i gotta go to the pier or let's go look at new york city like i make my school experiences their life experiences wow and it 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 works for me it may not work everything doesn't work for everybody Mm -hmm. so anybody listening to the podcast don't think that my example is the only example there's millions of ways to approach different things but time management if you if you figure out a way to you know make it work if you got an hour of extra free time and you could be like, yo, I could dedicate this to my child. Right. Do it. Right. You're going to, you're going to be, you're going to be tired. Once you get past that, oh, I ain't going to get no sleep. I was only getting four <laughs> hours, six hours of sleep. Yeah. I had, I had <laughs> so, to come to that realization quick. Yeah. 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 Like when you look at sleep and be like, oh, well, I'll plan sleep in about two days and then I could probably get a good eight hours in. Like that was yeah. a good day. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but time man- time management is everything. That's the only right. way that I can say, like, 
if you're organized as a person, you could fit in your time for fun or whatever, but limit it. Right. That's it. You don't have right. to sit all day up under people for three, four hours. Right, and right. Be chilling. Like, no, that time could be dedicated to your work, your right. school, your child, things that are going to 10 years, 15 years down the line that are going to make an impact because what we're doing right now, 10 years, 15 years from now, we're not going to be doing the same thing. <laughs> that's just the reality. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, because there's a lot of people Ho- hopefully, that uh, we know who have been doing the same thing since high school. Yeah. I'm not going to say no names, well, but we know them. So hopefully. There are people, not there are people like that. <laughs> there are people like that in society, and it's never too late to, you know, do something different. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, it's, it's late, but, dog. It's over, dog. <laughs> if you still never talk over. about high school it, accomplishments it, 20 years later, like, it's over. I, I know. Yeah, I try, I try to stay away from those. I try to stay away from those conversations or keep them real short. Like I can't, I can't. You remember? Remember what we did in 05? No, I don't remember that. nothing. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 it's like it's not that I don't want to remember. It's just like I'm on. I'm yeah. a more evolved person. I'm more right. put together than the high school me or the twenty year old me. Like I'm not in my twenties no more. Right. Like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm getting older. I'm in my thirties and. I'm not going backwards. I'm going forward. You know, whatever people want to judge me for in my past, hey, so feel free. But just know that the person I am two years from now or two years ago is not the same person who I am today. And you'll probably realize that in my conversation if I have a one-on-one with you. Mm-hmm. And things that are ignorant or ignorant to my life or the people around me, I cut short. I'm not with it. You know, it's... Yeah. It's so it's it's okay to end the conversation. You don't have to be disrespectful. You don't have to say f you this and that. You just say, hey, look, I'm on a different type of time. My energy is a little bit different. Look, I know you want to talk about such and such, but look, I gotta go. I gotta slide. I got you know. People, I have a problem with like, that too. Yeah. People are like yo, you always busy. Yeah, I I, I make myself busy because yeah. you got to think about it. For every moment you're not doing something, you're not you're, you're neglecting something that you that you need to be doing. Damn, yeah, that's think, true. If you if you think about your day like that, like you got 24 hours in a day, you need by medical research they say eight hours of you know of non-interrupted sleep will set you off. So that means you got 16 hours in a day. You gotta go to work, two or right? Three to eat. Most people, most people, most people work for eight hours. Mm-hmm. Other people work for 10, 12 hours. I would, mm-hmm. I didn't have the luxury of working for eight hours. I'm sorry. <laughs> I had to do yeah. 10, 12 hours. Right. That's, that's, that's the grunt work that you got to do. So if, if I got 12 hours chopped out of my day, eight hours for sleep, I'm working on what? Four hours. Four hours. Yeah. School and, and bonding time with my child. Right. That and that's during the week, Monday through Friday. Now weekends is a little bit different, but right. that's trying to recharge, finish up some stuff I didn't get to. But organization and time management is going to be key. I always looked at it as, oh man, they just talking all of that book stuff or whatever. No, when you really apply these things to your life, you really understand. Like I don't have that much time in a day to dedicate to BS. Right. <laughs> like, that, yeah. Right. That's that's helpful that you said that because you know I'm still trying to. You know, my what I'm trying to do is going to take me away from my daughter for a little bit. So, you know, I'm trying to really mm-hmm. I'm really trying to spend as much time as as possible with her. So every every moment I have, I 
I do everything from, you know, that what a father should do, but like just trying to spend mm-hmm. as much time as possible with her, you know, like with the sleep thing, I, you know, I had to zero no, like I had to, uh, <laughs> I had to, you know, accept that I wasn't going to go to sleep, you know, so I'll just, you know, spent like, you know, toddler stage when they first come home, like they don't sleep at all. Right. So mm-hmm. just, just realize I got to, you know, get up at five and go to the gym and come back and do the same thing. So yeah, definitely that time management that definitely helped me. So definitely got to, got to really hone in on that. But yeah, yeah. I appreciate you sharing yeah. that. Yep. And also you got to understand that life is just because you're doing everything, you know, in that type of perspective, right? Life still is gonna throw you wrenches. Exactly. There's yeah, gonna be stuff sure. that that interrupts your whole day. But if it knocks you off your square, then where are you gonna be at? Because yeah. there's still people depending on you. So right. it's like a wrench may come through, a bill may come in that's a little bit too high, mm-hmm. a doctor's appointment may come in that's a little that's just like oh it <laughs> yeah. doesn't fit to my schedule. Right. You be sitting there like oh my god. Yeah, man, that's a, yeah. Doctor, like my For personal sure. experiences. My son is my son is partially deaf in one ear. Well, he was deaf in one ear, but he's oh, been wow. I've been taking him back and forth out of state, like traveling mm-hmm. states over, just to wow. get him to his appointments. Like people don't understand this. this I never knew in that. my life. That's what I had to do. I like never I've, knew I've that. been doing that, and I've been doing that like since like throughout this course mm-hmm. of this two years, a little bit over two years, whatever. But everybody's like, oh. They're probably under a rock somewhere. Ain't nobody seen this person. You, yeah. I feel like I got real. I got real life going on right now. I don't have time to play around with nobody. Right. Like I, I keep. I keep my time short for a reason because there's other obligations and things I'm dedicated to that are more important than having a conversation about who wore what last week and <laughs> who's, who's who's hanging out with who. Like I ain't got time for that. I right. really don't. But Man, I, yeah, I never, so I never deeper. knew that. That's amazing. Yeah, that's a, look, and you're somebody, and that. you're somebody that's close to me, and don't, and and don't like you can't even try to fathom that type of stuff. Like because everything isn't for everybody, mm-hmm. you know. Everything isn't for the gram. Isn't everything isn't for Facebook? Everything isn't for your social sites or whatever like that. You know, we share the good times, but there's a lot of trying times too within the whole process. And Man, like, way more, <laughs> honestly. Way more trying time. Way more. Think about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, everybody both, just got to do you know do your personal best. Yeah, we 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 speak on that a lot. Me and Zay. Um, just the aspect of like social media just highlights. It's just, it's just a highlight reel of people's lives, right? Mm-hmm. People put up. They, they they don't they don't put any of the missed shots up. You know, they put every make, every caught pass, every 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 sack, every touchdown. They don't. They don't put up the the missed assignments, the blown coverage, you know, where you, you let your quarterback, you know, what I'm saying, get hit. Like they don't show any of that on social media. It's just pretty much a highlight mm-hmm. of every of everything good. So everything good. That being yeah. said, everything good, man. So when, like with that being said, like just peeling the layers back and and getting that real perspective, I think is just for me. That's just my aim always. Is that um, like I said before, man. People here, you know, they see me smiling all the time and. You know, I'm goofy with the kids and all of that. But, like, I tell people all the time, like, yo, trying to really li- literally move in here probably, you know, save my life in some way. Um, and, you know, they don't really understand some of the, the the thought processes that go in my mind every single day. Just like, you know, because they're like, yo, you call home a lot. Like, you're always 
talking to somebody from home, like your boys and your family. And it's like, though, like, you don't know how, how real it can be. You know, when you're not, you're not from that environment. You never grew up in that. So I just try to, you know, do a check and just make sure that my, you know, y'all know that, you know, you're on my mind in some way. And I think that's helped me a lot. Yeah. It's helped me pass my time here. But it's also, I feel like it's also helped us, you know, stay stay solid and stay tight as a, as a unit, you know, in a lot of ways. A lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Trust me, look, things could change in an instant, in a day. You can, this could be your last conversation with any, any of us, me, one of one of the people we know, they could be getting locked up for 10, 15, 20, 25 years. Like, sure, you, we, done, we don't we, know. We done been through it. We done been through yeah, a lot so, of that this so, year. That's crazy. So, so people, especially with COVID and everything else like that, it's like you have to, people have to really put life into perspective and appreciation of the people that are around them that are here living. Like, I don't wish bad on none of my, none of my enemies, past associates, anything like that. Because I, I simply know that life can change in an instant for them, for me, whatever. So when I keep on saying, like, I have a positive push, like, positive energy I only put around me, I, I do that for a reason. Because every, life is short. You know what I mean? And everything that I do now, I can only do to benefit, you know, my child, my household, and their future. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Take it. This is real life perspective. Anybody listening, or even you know, both hosts, take yourself out of this world. Now think about your family, and your friends, and what what are they going to be doing on a daily basis without you? <laughs> How can their life be imp- impacted? That's some real shit. Because when I went away and was incarcerated, that was the reality of life. Yes. Now put yourself. Now put yourself. It puts yourself in that position, and then think about it. Yeah, I mean that's that's my reality for the last four and a half. So I, I definitely, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I, I feel you a hundred, a thousand percent with that. You know, like life. Yeah. Life is going on. I mean, <laughs> I missed out on a it's lot. It's not going to stop. The last four and a half. It's <laughs> not going to stop. But then again, on the flip but side, of it, it's like, you know, I'm y'all forced me to 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 understand that. Yo, my my journey was was altered, but it was altered for a positive reason, so I got to keep pushing. So it's like, that's exactly. the biggest, you know, battle and hurdle that I kind of deal with myself on a regular basis, just like, dang, like, my life is actually good out here, you know, good, bordering, borderline great. You know, since pre- prior to the virus, of course, you know, I think it was in a, a better state just being able to travel and having a notion like, I can come home, but like, since the virus and being kind of super isolated away from the rest of the world, that's the thing is that like I don't have my loved ones. I don't have my guys here who can just pull up on me. Like I can't hit Zay up or T or Bo or whoever else. Like yo, come come rock out with me for a couple of weeks. You know I know that's that's in the plans, but right now it's not on the table. So it's like damn, like I really have to factor that in. Cause I'm 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 missing out on so much, but my purpose is greater than that. So I'm trying mm-hmm. to embrace it. I'm trying to enjoy it as much as I can without feeling the remorse or the guilt of, you know, being here and being and succeeding. Um, well, look at, yeah. look, look at it in a different perspective. You're not really missing out on much. You're gaining more perspective on life. You're, you're understanding and adapting to different cultures. You're understanding, you know, family order, how people treat their grandparents all the way down to their kids. 
And that's something that you can share with, you know, we talk about it all the time, but you can share with other people that maybe you grew up with or something like that, have never even been out the country, haven't even been out the state. There was people that we know that have never been out the state. Now imagine into a whole another country, they're thrown, like some people will really fold under that type of pressure. So yeah, you're not really, so if you think about it in the aspect of, you know, you're not really missing out on too much, you're really gaining almost everything. You, you can humbly like appreciate that for what it's worth. I understand, like, you know, not to get all crazy with it, but, you know, there are, you know, mo- life moments that you, you're missing out on, but you, life works like this. Maybe you weren't meant to be around certain life moments because it may it would have put you in a worse position. Well, hey. <laughs> you feel <geez>. me? <laughs> that's deep. That's, that's real. That's real. That's definitely real. That's definitely something to, to, to carry on and take and take in. Definitely, bro. Yeah, take it like that. Definitely, bro. Um, some people that know you from a different part of life, um, mm-hmm. you are, you know, I don't want to speak on it too much, but the 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 gang stereotype that you've had to overcome. Mm-hmm. What's been the toughest hurdle, and what's been your biggest achievement in that in that from that aspect? The t- the toughest hurdle is has been losing losing loved ones or losing mm-hmm. you know people that been in that that lifestyle and not being able to see them no more or have a conversation with mm-hmm. them you know to make you know maybe a different decision or like you know maybe they haven't wasn't making no wrong decisions they just was a victim of you know a bulletless crime type thing. Um, my biggest accomplishments within that is the inspiration and the well it being well received not from just the east coast but from the west coast as well like they understood you know what i was trying to do maybe not to this magnitude because it was you know a few years ago when i was at the beginning of my journey but it's always been positive encouragement like yo cuz just do that shit you can go get it go get it like I, I wish I could do that. I wish I could tell some of the homeboys and homegirls around here. Like that's the mentality. They like, yo, nah, it's encouragement. Most people would think it'll be like, nah, you don't do that corny stuff. And that, those are negative people in your life. Mm-hmm. But you gotta understand that these people are human too. Everybody doesn't have the same society, uh, societal advantages in life. And some people have to create new opportunities for themselves. And when they see me creating that opportunity for myself, they're like. Yo, I wish more homeboys and homegirls would do this type of type of stuff because it might make me want to go back to school. Like they they talk about it like that, but they be like, nah, cause you know me, like you know what I do. Like, and this is coming from out west. And so I'm sitting here like, man, I'm like, you know what? I'm like, you know, I'm doing this, I'm doing it for me. They respecting why the reasons why, you know, I do certain stuff. And that my biggest accomplishment was just the recept the receptiveness of it all. Like they 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 welcomed it with open arms and it was just like it's kind of encouraged others to really like pursue their dreams. Maybe not with school, but maybe like to to learn a different type of trade, like learn how to engineer or learn how to not just do oh I want to rap. They like want to do the behind the scenes stuff, like or they want to get into like some of the homegirls getting into like hair school or nail tech or you know. Some even went into construction. I know a couple of mm-hmm. homegirls that do that do construction. 
like it's so deep it's just that like you don't know who you're inspiring just by you know a simple motivational post or just somebody seeing you achieve something they're like damn i kind of want to get that for myself so that was my biggest that's my biggest uh you know ups and downs that's what it is that's definitely what it is Definitely what it is, man. Uh, I feel like we we learned learned so much from this convo, man. For sure, this was this was special, super special. Anything you want to add on, Zay? Yeah. Before we um we check out. Oh man, to be honest, I just wanted to sit and you know really listen to you know the story. You know, I know Cyril. You know, um, speaks so highly of you. You know, and. uh you know, I've always, you know, through his his lenses when he when he tells me, you know, I was like, oh man, he must be a a deep brother. So um, I definitely appreciate you coming on and kind of like, you know, I thought I was focused, but kind of <laughs> like re- refocusing my goals and what I need to do as a man as well, you know. Um, so and you know, kind of like I thought I I had all my stuff planned out for 2022. You just added, you know, more to that table, which I need to do to you know be that you know that father figure for my daughter and you know and also accomplishing my goals as well so uh definitely definitely appreciate you coming on um i'm glad i got to uh listen to to everything and um and interact so yeah i appreciate appreciate it for real and uh yeah no i appreciate y'all for inviting me and having me because you know even though you know my life is so much deeper it's just people that may have known me in the past, they like, I can honestly say they really don't know me for who I am today. Right. And it's not, you know, it's not nothing to sh- throw shade on anyone or like that. Mm-hmm. I have no ill wills towards anyone. It's just people will always assume they know you and what you're all about and just think that you're stuck in one type of mentality when you really don't know the type of conversation you may have with somebody just by asking them, you're like, yo, what's, what's up with life? Like, some people want to learn about your life for the wrong reasons. They want to pick apart all the bad things and mm-hmm. they want to just be like, oh, you ain't shit. I knew you wasn't ever about nothing. And they try to flip it. But right. somebody that really wants to gain some real insight, not to compare their life to yours, mm-hmm. but to also see how somebody else is managing their time or what type of organization methods are they doing or what type of networking opportunities that they may be a part of and what type of conversations are they having with these people in like maybe these boardrooms or with these college panels or with, you know, community um, efforts, they really don't know. So my biggest takeaway from all of this is just humbly thanking y'all to, you know, let me be hopefully some type of inspiration, even if it's just one person. You know, that's mm-hmm. my only goal in life is to reach one person. If I could reach one person, I did I did what I gotta do. And I I've done that already. So I'm, right. I'm pretty humbly I'm I'm all right, but I'm not gonna stop. Right. I'm not gonna stop trying to be a better person for myself and for my family. Because the more I can try to do before I leave this earth, I I feel like that'll keep me out of trouble. That'll keep me away from the recidivism rate, because the recidivism rate is three years or less. I haven't even reached that yet. I'm still in that danger zone. Dang, that's dang. <laughs> dang, three years or less. They're, they're not, they're less, not they even giving people repeat. a chance. Hey, 
That's that's the that's the statistical data. That's what's out there. You can research okay. it. You can Google it. It's it's available. Mm. Hey, three years or less. Hey, but nah, seriously, bro. Um, like I said, man, on behalf of both of us, thank you, um, sincerely for hopping on and dropping a lot of jewels that I think will be highly, highly valuable for even us as well and um, anybody that's listening. Um, we appreciate your sincerity and you allowing us to to get, you know, inside with you. Um, obviously, like I said, we've known each other forever and there's certain things that, you know, like you said, aren't for public consumption. You know, um, everything is not for, for socials. But um, we appreciate you even, you know, sharing just that little glimpse of a, a sneak peek of your life. And we, I know we could have we could have had a combo for three, four hours and we'll definitely have to do this again <laughs> sooner than later. For sure. But um, appreciate you. It's a, it's a great way for me. It's already th- already the 31st here. So yeah, prepare for New Year's Eve. Um, definitely a great <laughs> way for me to, to close out the year with uh, two people that I that I rock with heavy. And um, excited oh, yeah, to see definitely. what this next Appreciate year it. brings for sure. Yeah, many well wishes, many, mm-hmm. many, many more blessings, many more achievements to both of y'all. You know, go cop. You know, what I mean, kings don't sleep. Mm-hmm. He's definitely drops a lot of jewels on that from his life experiences. So mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm, I'm excited for what the new year is going to bring. You know, in any realm of whatever aspect that people are doing or chasing their dreams in their life. I just want to uh, send my my best regards, well wishes, and po- positive energy. For sure, yeah. sure, man, uh, fellas, enjoy y'all New Year's, man. I'm, I'm yeah. sure I'm gonna talk to both of y'all before before the ball drops at some point. But uh, so this was an amazing, right. super dope conversation, man, and yeah, learned a lot. Once again, this is another episode of the See the World right. podcast. Thank uh, my boy T for hopping on. Zay, appreciate you, bro. Mm-hmm. We out. Happy New Year, fellas. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. This has been another episode of the Cedar World Podcast. We truly hope you guys enjoyed. Don't forget to subscribe, tap in, share with your friends and family. Peace.